Who is Coach Mike? Coach Mike, very nice guy. He's a good softball coach. He's sincere. He's the dumbest smart guy I've ever known. Upbeat, optimistic, good-natured, always looking on the bright side of things. Wow, thank God he didn't say that I had a face for radio. But then what do you expect for $5 these days? Just can't hire good help. Hey, in all seriousness aside, stay tuned for the Weed Whacker podcast where I will be discussing almost any subject and bringing in guests to hash out and get rid of all the weeds. We're going to clear the path for your success in whatever it might be you need. Your life, your business, your politics, your religion. We're going to bring it all right here to the Weed Whacker. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Mike here. You hear that noise. That noise is the weed whacker. We're here to whack some weeds out of your life. Because you know what happens if you don't whack those weeds? They take over your whole yard. You know, the same thing is true in your life. If you don't whack the weeds out of your life from time to time, they will take over your life and they will destroy it. Just like sin destroys the good stuff in our life. If you let it take hold... By golly, you know, before you know it, you're doing stuff. You said, wow, why did I do that? I've never done that before. But go remember what uh, the Apostle Paul or, yeah, Apostle Paul said about he does things that he doesn't want to do and the things he should do, he doesn't do. So we're all there. We're all human. I got a really special guest today. I'm really, I'm really excited because this guest, I mean, I've never met her except online a couple times, and but yet, it almost seems like we've been walking almost the same path in so many ways. And so I'm really excited that she wants to come on and help whack some weeds. So let's welcome a new author. She's got a book about, we're going to tell you about that later in the show, but welcome Stephanie King Mattingly. Stephanie, welcome to the Weed Whacker. Thank you so much, Coach Mike. I am so glad to be here. I'm ready to whack some weeds. You're ready to whack them. I tell you what, your book is going to, is going to help some people whack some weeds. I do know that. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. What got you where you're at? Where'd you come from? And why'd you write the book? Oh, my goodness. I had to write this book. I had because there was so much bottled up inside me. Um, I didn't start out wanting to write a book. Didn't happen that way. I've been writing, actually, since I was probably a teenager, I just always loved writing, wrote poetry, and I moved into journaling and just started writing my thoughts and writing my prayers. I did that for years. I mean, I held on to my journal. I mean, it was a lifeline for me because I could, everything that I thought, wanted to say that I and felt and couldn't say to anyone else, I could write it. I could write it and I could pray it and pray out the things that I was going through. So I've always had that as an undercurrent, uh, my my journal being there for me always. As the years passed and as I, I went through so many different experiences, uh, my background is in uh, TV, TV news. I was a news reporter and anchor. I'm a video producer and editor. So the media is my background. And um 
it has played a, a big role in some of the things that I have faced in life. Okay. But it wasn't very long ago that I, I, I said, I've, I've got to do something. I've got to do something about the feelings I was having, um, the depression I was feeling, the stress I was under. I began to see a therapist some years ago. Since that time, I've seen several. <laughs> and I actually put the therapist in what I call my mental toolbox. So I've got my journal in there. <laughs> I put a therapist in there <laughs> and all the techniques and things that they taught me to, to work through these feelings that I was having. And um, so I've used that. But I got to the point where I knew that something had to change. And it wasn't something out here. It was something in me that I was allowing my depression and my negative thinking to hold me back. And it was time to do something. Uh, I heard of, uh, since I'm on Zoom so much, um, I heard about a workshop with a branding consultant named Rich Kozak. (laughs) Rich Kozak. Oh, yeah. He's a man to know. But I, I didn't even know what branding was. I wasn't an entrepreneur. I wasn't in that world. Uh, and I said, branding. So a friend invited me. I heard about it. So I decided to go and discovered that there is such a thing as personal branding, not in a commercial way, but in a way that allows you to go inside and sift and separate out what are my values? What do I actually believe And if I do believe that peace is possible, then why am I not living in that peace? Wow, yes. Those kind of things started coming out with this branding expert. Um, So my values, what was important to me, and specifically, what message did I have in my heart for the world? I started thinking about that, and I knew I had a message I knew I had a message. We all, we all do. We all yes, have a message. We do. We do. We do. We do. So that that's kind of how I I got to where I started um, taking it from in here to out here. And is there something that I can do to change my life? And when I discovered those things and I knew that I could uh, brand, get a brand, <laughs> uh, to, but the, here's the deal with the brand. It is to really decide who can I impact with the lessons that I have learned? You know, what specific could someone else benefit from? And so I went, it's been a two year journey with Rich. By the the way, Rich, uh, (laughs) Stephanie are both going to send you a bill here. (laughs) Yeah, we are. (laughs) Uh, But I, and we, and we should. No, not really. It's no. what he has given. I mean, it, <laughs> man, yeah, he's, you he's, can he's different. Pay for it. He's a different guy. I mean, he, you yeah. know, you see, and Rich and I have had this conversation. You see all these people that say they're branding experts, they're branding experts. And some of them are really marketing experts, maybe, but they all like to claim I'm number one of this. I'm number one of that. I'm the, who says which one is, you know, but Rich takes it. 
from a different place. He gets to your heart exactly. and says, what's your impact? I don't know if you looked at my website, but one of my favorite quotes, mm-hmm. this will go to your message. It goes to my message. It goes to everything else is to the world. You might be one person, but to one person, you might be the world. Mm-hmm. Powerful. If we think about that. And in the world of coaching, which you and I are sort of both in, it's so true because, like I tell, I've coached girls softball for many years. Yes, I've yes. never been a, a well-known name. I'm not a big some champion travel ball or college coach or whatever. But I know I've had a good impact on a lot of students. You can't all be that top guy, but it's the, about the impacts that you have. And it, right there, the same thing. The best coach has people that don't like them or, or won't respond to them. And the worst coach has somebody that likes them and does respond to them. Yeah, so we've all right. got somebody that we've got to have an impact on. Yes, Tell us yes. a little bit about your, your news career. That's interesting. That's something I always sort of, one of the things I would have liked to maybe do, because I would be different than a lot of them are out there, you know, especially I won't mention certain channels. <laughs> all right, 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 right. Let's not do that. <laughs> so uh, TV has been a part of my life since I was a kid, literally. Really? Okay. Yes. I entered the television business at the age of 18. I sure did. But it actually started before that. Literally when I was five, six years old, my uncle Benny, he was an electrician and he was a gadget man. Right. (laughs) So he had, if it came out, he had CB radios, he had video cameras, um, but at five and six, he had a reel-to-reel recorder. He would bring it to my grandmother's house at Christmas. I remember two years he did this. He'd bring it and gather all of my cousins. We'd all stand in line to <laughs> come up to the mic and wow. say what we wanted for Christmas. Oh. I remember grabbing the mic <laughs> and saying what I wanted. And I loved that. That, that never left me. I was 10. My parents gave me a cassette recorder that had a little mic, you know, the little spiral on the old phones. We had a little spiral cord. Well, this one had a spiral cord attached to a mic and a tape recorder. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I could talk in the mic and hear myself. It was like this was just a part of who I am now. And when I was 16, 17, Uncle Benny at that, and this is, we're talking about the 70s here, the late 70s, had a video camera and he let me borrow it. <laughs> oh, good fun, <laughs> didn't you? That thing was big and had a big, <laughs> yet where the machine recorder on the other yeah. shoulder and a camera on this one. <laughs> but I took it in the neighborhood and I started talking to people. It was so exciting for me. You were not sure. No, I was not. I just it was I was at home and fit me like a glove. That was 16, 17. Uh, in the meantime, high school, lots of speech tournaments. I became a public speaker in high school. By the cool. time I graduated at 18, I received a scholarship to a local TV station. And with the scholarship came a job. I was on the news crew, the wow. studio crew for the evening news. <laughs> Fantastic. Doing camera, setting lights in the studio, just a production person. So I was in the business at 18, but I was curious about what was going on down the hall where the newsroom was. So I would wander down into the newsroom and just started making friends with people, talking and asking questions. And 
I, I knew that I belonged in the newsroom. So what I did was uh, at that time we had something called public access television right, where right. anybody in the community could just get a camera, studio, editing equipment. So I went there and they trained me more on the camera. I check it out and I created my own program. I created my own program and I would take what I did to the news director let him see it and ask him, you know, how does this look? How can I improve? And he started mentoring me. Cool. By the time I was 19, I was on the air as a news reporter. No way, 19? Yes, 19. I was an, a news reporter and a top, let's see, it was a 36th market. So it was a major market TV station. <laughs> what, what was the biggest story you ever covered? Oh, my goodness. Oh, I have covered... Um, um, I've covered lots of like Congress people uh, issues when they would come to town. I'd be able to do it. Uh, ma- major nonprofit organizations. I have done crime stories, but the the biggest story that I've ever done, in, in, <laughs> Coach Mike. I don't know. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> there was just so many celebrities and dignitaries and people that I have interviewed and talked to. I think the most important thing that I have done, though, in the business is when I worked for a uh, national health and wellness cable network. It was called Kaleidoscope. And a lot of our focus was on people with disabilities. And it was something about the topic and giving a voice to people that we often don't see. We don't see. I mean, people with disabilities sometimes will, you know, just be in the background or hidden They're unable to step out and come up front. But I felt like when I was able to talk to them and share with them and hear their hearts, that that's been the most meaningful work uh, in television to me. You made an impact. I hope so. I know they made one on me. For sure. There you go. For sure. Sometimes yeah. it goes that way. We think we're doing something for somebody and they end up doing more for us. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Stephanie, what got you what where did you finally start realizing there's something I gotta write this book about where there's something you realized it's in here? And and this is important to me. And I'll if, if I may, let me I've shared this sometimes it was easier. My mom died when I was 10 years old. Now, that was my adoption. I was adopted like a few weeks old, so I never really knew my real mom, but okay. I didn't care. I didn't even know I was adopted until I was like 10 years old. I would be playing with my cousins on the west side of Phoenix to my aunt and uncles. And there was another kid on the street who was my age, but his parents were like 70. I said, well, that's sort of weird. And they said, well, he's adopted. No, you are too. And oh, okay. Wow. So my mom died when I was 10. And the last... I got to see her was through a window at the hospital because if you were under 14 years old in Tempe, Arizona, you were not allowed to go into the hospital. Now, let's fast forward years later. Like I said, I had some of the issues. I used to not be very good with my money and stuff. And we had a men's group come come to our church in California. Now, men don't do groups. Well, it wasn't just a men's group. The guy did men and women. They'd get us all together sometimes. And I would hear people talk about abuse or this or that. And I said, well, you know, they said, oh, I suddenly remember that. You know, I "I can't think of anything that I don't remember. And one day the leader told me, he said, Mike, tell me what you do remember. 
tell me about when your mom died. Oh, my mom died. Yep. He said, no, 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 stop. Stop. We're not going to get away with that here. Tell me about your mom dying. I was 30, about 35 years old at this time, 33, 35, and I don't exactly what year. And I'll tell you that night in that meeting, it was very difficult for me to say I was 10 years old. The last I saw my mom dying from Hodgkin's disease, I think she was 34, if I remember right, was through a window. And then dad woke me up about two in the morning to let me know she died. I know I cried a lot then. Now, did that affect my the way I was for all these years? Sure, it had some effect. I sure it had something because otherwise, I mean, there was obviously some pain there. Yeah. And my, our pastor out in California even suggested, Mike, he says he believed that even a child that's adopted very young like me has abandonment issues. They realize something is different. So I, I read your book. I, I went through it. I think that's pretty awesome stuff. And it, it looks like I said we're on a very similar path or have been. So what what woke you up? What what Where did you say I got something to say? I would say that it it uh, in terms of writing the book, Mike. I'll just keep it, you know, writing the book. It was during that that uh, special uh, time that I have spent with Rich. We were, I had an idea for a book, and we started outlining it because I, I knew I had something to say. I wanted to share my heart. I wanted to share my faith, right? So we started outlining. Um, three books. And then we were chatting and I don't know why, where it came from. I just said, Rich, well, you know, the secret you hide holds you back. And he said, what? (laughs) I said, the secret you hide holds you back. He said, that's a book. And I said, well, I can write that right now. And he said, you're on. And that's what started it. Wow. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's what started it. The secret you hide holds you back. And the subtitle for that, how letting go sweetens life and makes you free. That's the title of my book. And um, it because when I said that, when um, that came to my heart, I realized all of the things that I had to push aside, to push back that I, I could not let anyone know about. And when you're in TV and you're on camera all the time, I mean, there's an image that you, I feel you need to keep up. I felt that way. I've got to keep sure. up the image. I have to look a certain way, dress a certain way. I can't reveal my private life. You just, uh, and TV's changed now. But back then, I mean, you... You kind of had to look and act the part, so to speak. So you couldn't be I, you. No, oh no, I I didn't think I could be me. If I were me, I wouldn't look the same, act the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and but but I longed for authenticity, though. I wanted to be me when I would get off camera. Oh, you better believe, no makeup, flip flops, whatever. <laughs> That was just who I was. You know, I had to put on my uniform to go to work to be on camera. Uh, but um, but when I started thinking about all of the things that 
uh, I had been trying to hide all the things that after years of therapy that I had never even said to the therapist. I mean, painful circumstances, awful things that happened to me, things that were said to me uh, that I did not have the courage to speak up about. Now, we'll say this, that uh, I am a person who prays and who has faith. And I, I brought up everything in my prayer prayers. So they were not hidden from God, so to speak. But I, I didn't think I would ever open my mouth to tell someone the things that that happened to me. Uh, but <clears throat> when I realized that I was hiding secrets, things that I was keeping secret uh, because I thought I had to, you know, because I got to protect this image, you know, what an image to protect here. But in protecting that image and stuffing those feelings and pushing back uh, the desires to just be real and just tell people how I feel and, um, and what happened to me, you know, I was cutting myself off from healing uh, and friendships, support, and it was time to stop, especially since Rich was asking me, well, what's important to you? What's important to you? What message do you have? Who do you think needs to hear that? When he started asking me those things, I realized that the things I was hiding, that if I shared them, maybe someone else would relate to that. Maybe maybe they would understand if I was just to be myself. And so all of that came into the writing of this book. Isn't it and funny? Isn't it funny how we think we're the only one going through what we're going through? Yes. And what happened yes. once you let it out? How many people did you find were walking on the same path holding back that stuff? I thought you've well, had a come, bunch come out of the woodwork, huh? <laughs> Actually, well, not yet, uh, Coach Mike, because, you know, the book is not published yet. Oh, but you've been talking to some people. I bet you've had a few. Yeah, I have been been talking to folks. And not only that, but, I mean, it took me into the research about mental health. And I decided that I want to focus on mental wellness. Not ignoring the fact that mental illness exists, because it does. but whether you have mental illness or you're just having a bout of depression right. or if you're just if you're anxious or you're having panic attacks, you got OCD, PTSD, whatever it is. I believe that we all have a choice. We can choose what we think about and focus on. You know what? In the book, uh, um I uh, published some research that was done at Columbia University, 50,000 people in this huge study about the secrets we hide. And that study revealed that everybody, everyone is carrying at least 13 categories of secrets, categories of secrets. Wow. And, And five secrets people will never tell anyone. And the other thing that came out of this research that was fascinating is this uh, this concept, this of a phenomenon, I should say, something called mind wandering, mind wandering. My mind wanders and, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and but ah, now check this out. So I wonder if this happens to you too, Coach Mike. So what happens is if you have a kind of a quiet moment. 
things are down, you know, quiet, peaceful, your mind will go back to the past and fetch yep. <laughs> a secret, a, a, a problem, a fear, a negative thing that happened to you and bring it right back to the forefront of your mind. Yes. In that in that quiet moment and suddenly you're anxious or you're at your desk at work and suddenly you're anxious. You don't even know why or, or you go into panic or you start worrying and it distracts you. It take, keeps you from any productivity you thought you had. It steals your peace. Your mind will go back, get it and bring it right to the forefront. Mind wandering. And I just believe that people need to know that this happens, that this is possible, and that you cannot escape the things from the past. Those things that have hurt you and held you back, they are they will be there until you deal with them. Gotta deal with them. Yes. You have to, yeah. My best friend would tell me I was writing a book and I started it's gonna be a bunch of stuff about what I went through and I thought, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make it all about me. So I was going to put that all one chapter, but the one day answer, he said, he said, Mike, why do you keep rehashing all this old stuff? And it was, it's not that it bothers me right now that I feel like, Oh, poor me, but it's, it, the memory is still there. And so maybe I find out it told me back more than I realized. And, and I don't think we always know. Let's hash one more weed before we close it up today, Stephanie. You said you went to, ended up going to multiple therapists. Somebody else might be thinking they need a therapist out there. And the thing I would say is like going to multiple coaches or multiple. How many of them gave you hmm. advice? Maybe what would be one tip you would give people about you know choosing a therapist? Choosing a therapist. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you if you are hiding secrets that are uh, that's causing confusion, consternation, stress and anxiety in your life, the thing we have to do is to find a way to get it out of us. Okay? And in front. Now, you know what as I'm thinking about it, coach Mike, that mind wandering that brings that secret right back to the front, okay? We have an opportunity when when it comes here, to make a decision what to do in that moment. Okay. And so it could be that you grab your journal and you just start writing about what you're feeling and thinking and all the stuff that's coming up. Um, and in that journal, and I talk about journaling in the book and I give exercises. So when it comes to your mind, you can take that thought captive. Okay. Take it captive. Look at it. Uh, turn it around, turn it upside down. What happened? Who was there? What was said? Is your recollection even correct? Was it Uncle So-and-so? Or maybe it was someone else? You know, wow. we yes. talk about, do you confront somebody who's abused you or not? And if you do, how to do that? All that's in, in the book there. But you asked me about choosing a therapist. so And I said, there's always your journal, that mental toolbox that I have. But also in that toolbox is the therapist. That is a way for you to begin the conversation with someone who's trained to help you get through the emotions that you may express in that moment. 
I know someone who has resisted going to therapy, although there's so much held up inside. And I just say, find one. You've got benefits on your job. They've got EAP. Go to that book and pick somebody. Pick a therapist. Just start, start with one. the process. Yes. Now, I mean, maybe you guys gel, maybe you don't. Then choose someone else and fi- find someone that can relate to you, that shares your values and and does a good job of helping you walk through uh, the emotion and coming to the truth of the situation. And when you're able to see the situation clearly, at that point, you can say, OK, I'm going to give this by faith to God. I'm going to address it in this way. You can make some decisions. And that is power empowering. That's empowering. So Get the process so, started. I like that. Yes. A, a therapist is good, but you have your therapist, you have your journaling, <clears throat> you have your confidant, the people that, that love and care about you and are able to objectively listen. Stephanie, <laughs> I, I know we could go on and do probably two or three more. Uh, maybe we'll do have to do some more one of these times after the book comes out. How can people find out? You said the book's going to be delayed a little bit. How, tell us, how can they find you? How can they find your book? Sure. Okay, so the book is going to be a while, uh, probably uh, at the end of this year or maybe at the 1st of January. In the meantime, I have a set up a Facebook page called The Secret You Hide Holds You Back. So you can find me there or just on regular uh, social media under Stephanie King Mattingly, also in LinkedIn. Uh, I like being there too because I like to talk about workplace mental wellness and there's some things in LinkedIn there. So so social media is where you can find me right now. Are you still... Uh, giving people the opportunity to review, or you already have your twenty-five. Am I one of the twenty-five? Oh, you, Coach Mike, you know you are. Okay. <laughs> no, I, but I would like reviews, and so if um, I, I do have a free pre-publication advanced reader copy of my book that I am willing to share with those who would like to read it and are willing to offer an endorsement. And that is also posted uh, in my social. You'll find the that link was an for excellent that idea. That was an excellent idea. I, I really liked you did that. I enjoyed the book. I'm going to go through it again. I read it quick the first time, but I'm going to take some time and go through and get my yellow highlighter because I like to do that now and then. <laughs> That's great. And I'll definitely be looking for some more. Stephanie, thank you so much. I hear the weed whacker winding up again, <laughs> and I probably have to go mow my own yard while I'm at it. But I really thank you for being here today, and I'm sure we'll be talking more in the future. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be on the Weed Whacker, you know somebody that should be on the Weed Whacker, send them my way. Coach Mike at CoachMikeNow.com is where they'll find me. If you're in business and you need some help with your customer service, go to CoachMikeNow.com. I'm having a challenge next week, three days, and I'll see if your customer service is as good as you think it can be. God bless y'all. We'll see you later on the Weed Whacker. Thanks, Coach Mike. Thank you for listening to the Weed Whacker podcast. If you would like to join Coach Mike to discuss an issue important to your life, send us an email to Coach Mike at CoachMikeNow.com. Tell us about your issue and how it is affecting your life. Give us your first and last name, phone number, and email address, and we will contact you regarding scheduling. Coach Mike will use only your first name unless you request your full name in the podcast. 
Also, please visit CoachMikeNow.com to sign up for Coach Mike's weekly newsletter. You can also visit Coach Mike's Clubhouse on Locals.com. There you can choose to follow Coach Mike, or if you want access to more content, become a member of Coach Mike's Clubhouse to get certain members-only content. Thanks again for listening. God bless you as you whack those weeds out of your life and move forward to success. Thank you for listening to the Weed Whacker podcast. If you would like to join Coach Mike to discuss an issue important to your life, send us an email to coachmike at coachmikenow.com. Tell us about your issue and how it is affecting your life. Give us your first and last name, phone number, and email address, and we will contact you regarding scheduling. Coach Mike will use only your first name unless you request your full name in the podcast. Also, please visit CoachMikeNow.com to sign up for Coach Mike's weekly newsletter. You can also visit Coach Mike's Clubhouse on Locals.com. There you can choose to follow Coach Mike, or if you want access to more content, become a member of Coach Mike's Clubhouse to get certain members-only content. Thanks again for listening. God bless you as you whack those weeds out of your life and move forward to success.